Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Waiting for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. It is Friday. I hope you all have had a great week. It's been a hectic, crazy week here at Behind the Steel Curtain, both on the internet side and on the podcast side. Whenever you have a Monday night football game that just truncates everything and you're able to move on really quick, you think we have it bad. The players probably have it even worse. The Pittsburgh Steelers are gearing up for the 0-8 Detroit Lions at home on Sunday. And everyone thinks this is an easy game. Lions are coming off their bye. They look pretty healthy. Steelers look kind of banged up. We're going to talk about all that and more on this podcast. So stay tuned. Before we get to that, got to talk about BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure it is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm talking about everything from breaking news, film room, scouting reports, you name it, we have it right there in one place. Also, let's say you happen to stumble on this podcast uh, in written form, meaning you found an article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You can find our podcast platform, which is way more than just my Let's Ride podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Anywhere where you get your podcasts, all you have to do is search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, and whatever that podcast requires, whether it's to subscribe, to follow, Whatever else terminology is out there, Lord knows what it is now. Do it so that you don't miss a thing. That's all of our morning lineup. That's my Let's Ride podcast, the live mic on Tuesday, Dave Schofield, Stat Geek on Thursday, our noon lineup, which is the fantasy football. We have the cutting room floor, the war room, what Ian's talking about, and then all of our PM content. And let's also not forget, I do the injury report podcast. We have Mike Tomlin recap podcast, post game podcast. We have so much stuff you need to check it out. So if you don't, do it. Check it out. Find us, subscribe, follow whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Before we get into random thoughts, and I do have a lot of random thoughts for today. Uh, I'm very random in times in my life. Ask my wife. <laughs> that rhymed. But still, let's talk about the injury report because it's worth talking about in case you didn't listen to my podcast. This has changed a lot, and, and it's changed in a lot of ways. It's changed on paper, uh, but keep in mind that Wednesday was a an estimation. They didn't actually have a full practice. So I know fans might obviously look at this and say, oh, my gosh, like all this stuff's going on. Some stuff, yes, be concerned. Some stuff, no, no need to be concerned. Ben Roethlisberger not practicing on Thursday, that's a little concerning. Little concerning, little concerning. Chase Claypool not practicing on Thursday. That We expected that. I expected that. You should have expected that as well. Robert Spillane being limited. I'm not too worried about that. You talk about Eric Ebron becoming a full participant. Okay, that's good news. Isaiah Bugs full participant. Cam Hayward with an ankle, limited. Again, not too worried about that. Now, what I am concerned about is a combination of Roethlisberger not practicing, Najee Harris showing up with a foot injury, it's limited, and then Kendrick Green being limited with a hamstring. If you follow Dave Schofield's line of thinking, and a lot of people do in this regard, and that is that if a player is limited and they were a full participant the day before, that means they likely got injured in practice. Now, I hey, if you've coached, played a sport, you know that that can happen. And so if that's the case, we got to keep an eye out on these players. Friday is going to be very telling for the Pittsburgh Steelers from an injury standpoint. So when I talk about some of the things today, like what we always do on Friday, which is what do the Steelers need to do to win this game? And in this case, it's against the Detroit Lions. 
a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about are based on having those players we all thought were going to be available actually available to them. But before we get to that, I want to do some random thoughts. I want to get through some random thoughts off my head. So I was driving home. I was listening to Sports Talk Radio, and there was one segment from one uh, sports, I guess you call it sports journalist, maybe. I don't know what you call it, but he's a radio host. And he was talking about the AFC North, and he was reading off the rest of the Steelers' schedule. And, yeah, it's 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 out there. It's daunting. Uh, but he started talking about road and home, and I started thinking to myself, well, the Steelers, they've done pretty good on the road, actually. Are they better on the road than they are at home? Well, when you think about it, they've played five games at home, only three on the road so far. So that means that the back part of their schedule is very backloaded with road games. We know this. Schedule's been out for a long time. But so far at home, they're three and two. And on the road, they're two and one. Now, those stats aren't like, wow, they've never lost a game on the road. I'm not saying that they're going to be road warriors and not lose a lot of games on the road. But the fact that they've you know won a game in Buffalo, that's a very hostile environment. Um, they won a game in Cleveland, very hostile environment. Um, you know, they did lose in Green Bay. It's a tough place to play. They, they obviously weren't at full health. But still, I look at this and think, yeah, it's a little daunting for the Steelers that they have these road games coming up. But I think they're going to be okay in regards to how they've performed so far on the season in the first half. We'll put it that way. Next random thought. These practice squad players, you know, I don't know if you noticed this. If you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, you did. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they had a vacancy on their 16-man uh, practice squad, and they filled it with an experienced linebacker. So they found a linebacker, a guy who used to be a defensive lineman, and they actually filled it with a player named Jacob. I don't even want to try it. I'll try and say it, but I know it's right. Tuioti Mariner, I'm not sure if that's right or wrong. Who knows? But I'll tell you what, he, he was with the Atlanta Falcons, and this is someone that actually has some credibility to his name. And in 2021, this guy appeared has appeared in six games. He has a pass defense and two sacks and was waived by the Falcons on Tuesday. Just waived by the tackle. And so Dave Schofield reached out to someone in SB Nation from the Falcons website, and they said, this was a head-scratcher for us. We have no idea why the Falcons just decided to cut this guy. My question and my random thought is, these practice squad players and the Steelers, you know, before they got rid of Melvin Ingram, they had Taco Charlton, Carl Josephs there, now this player. At what point are they going to start maybe using some of these players? Anthony Miller, I believe, is a receiver they have there. They have some other players. I guess if they've been in the system, I'm not expecting this gentleman, whoever that is, that however you say his name, Mariner. We'll call him Mariner. You pick up, I'm not expecting Mariner to come in and play right away. But my goodness, some of these players are good enough that they could actually be, in my opinion, kind of an upgrade. Maybe it's time the Steelers give these, some of these players a shot. Carl Joseph. like Maybe he's better than Arthur Millette. If you're using Arthur Millette as your you know, die or nickel defensive back maybe he's better than that we'll see i don't know next one is the afc north so that this the same show i was listening to they kept on talking about the division and they were talking about the quarterbacks and burrow and jackson and mayfield and i was sitting there thinking to myself boy this afc north they're about to get a test a lesson in quarterbacks and no i'm not talking about playing on the field i'm talking about the contracts they are going to get a lesson. Joe Burrow's only in his second year. They've got time. Bengals have time to really construct a good roster around a young 
quarterback on his rookie deal. Aha, but the Browns and the Ravens, time is a ticking. Looking at my watch, I'm thinking, ha, 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 this is great. I can't wait. I can't wait till the Browns and the Ravens give these quarterbacks a gigantic contract, and then they are cap-strapped, just like the Steelers have been since signing Ben Roethlisberger. How many players have the Steelers had to let go that they probably didn't want to let go? Someone like Javon Hargrave, who is not a top-tier player, but at the same time, you'd love to keep him, but you can't afford him. Or even a Bud Dupree. All of that starts with the fact that your quarterback, and it's supposed to be this way, your quarterback's supposed to take up the majority of your salary cap because your quarterback is going to get you wins and get you to hopefully a Super Bowl. So the AFC North, especially you in Cleveland and Baltimore, hope you enjoy it now. That's all I'm going to say. Hope you enjoy it now because something's about to happen. Baker Mayfield, they said that they haven't even started really contract negotiations, any serious, anything serious. I mean, think about what that says. Same in Baltimore. You know, Josh Allen signed his deal with Buffalo. That's kind of been the precedent. Same in Baltimore, though. You're waiting to see what these guys do this season. What does that say to that player? Now, I don't think either of those players are going to leave that organization. I mean, think about how damning that would be for the Browns to let Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick, walk. It'd be pretty damning. I'm not suggesting that. What I'm suggesting is that they're going to have to pay these players. They're going to have to pay him, and then after that, get ready, because that's when it gets interesting. Next random thought. is Where's the next depth player that's going to step up? When I think about this, I think about previous players for the Steelers that have been kind of depth players that all of a sudden they just started to show up and show out. James Harrison was probably the most famous. He showed up just because Joey Porter got into a fight before the game in Cleveland. And he showed out. Brett Kiesel was another one. He wasn't really supposed to be much of anything. Seventh round draft pick. He became a fixture on that defensive front. Where's that guy on this team? Is it Henry Mondo? Is it Isaiah Bugs? Is it Chris Wormley? Is it anyone? I mean, Alex Highsmith? Anyone. Someone please show out. That's what I want to see as a random thought. Last thing is that this is kind of NFL-based, not really Steelers. Read a report today that the NFL is considering moving their Sunday ticket package to ESPN Plus with Disney. And I am an ESPN Plus subscriber. I am also a DirecTV client based on the fact that I need Sunday ticket because I need to watch all the games. I do this job. I talk with you. I need to know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you what, the Sunday ticket leaving, um, I don't even know if I'd keep DirecTV, to be honest with you, but still, that's big news. That's really big news for a lot of people. I know there's a lot of people that say, I'd love to have Sunday ticket, but I can't afford it. But just remember this, folks. Just remember this. If you're listening to this, you're thinking, boy, that would be great if ESPN Plus had it. If you think for a second that the NFL, the National Freaking Football League, is going to give you the Sunday ticket for whatever it costs, $5.99 a month or whatever, you're out of your mind. It's going to cost every penny of what it costs now. It's just going to be on another service. That's it. Sunday ticket might be on ESPN+. Plus. You're still going to have to pay $300 plus for it. So if money's your objective and that's what's keeping you from it, I'm sorry to tell you that's probably not going to change. But if it's just that you don't want DirecTV, you don't want the dish, maybe you can't have a dish on your roof, and then maybe you're in luck. 
I'm getting it either way. <laughs> All right. Let's do some uh, goals or objectives for what the Steelers need to do to win this game. I go back all the time, and I look at what the, I had the goals for last week, and I say, did they achieve those goals or not? So this was actually on Monday's show, what the Steelers needed to do to beat the Bears. Here's what I had on offense. Offense is had punished with the run. They rushed for over 100 yards, but they didn't punish them with the run. Next, third down dominance. No, they didn't do that either. They were under 500. They didn't win that. They, they did win fourth downs. They did win the red zone, but not on third down. Keep Big Ben upright and see Mason. They didn't do that either. I, I, I'll i tell you what, in the first half, I'm watching that, and I'm thinking, man, they're out to a quick start. They're looking good. They're taking advantage of good field position. Maybe we will see Mason Rudolph, and Ben will get some rest, and then the second half happens. But still, no, all three of those goals didn't happen on offense. Defensively, Cone in Fields. Uh, I'm going to say no, they didn't do that. Justin Fields got away from a couple bit, a couple times more than I would have liked. Next, force the game into Fields' hands. No, they gave up. They gave up 130 plus yards on the ground. That is not going to cut it. And then lastly, take it away. Ding, 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 ding. That's the only thing they did. They won the turnover battle. They had two takeaways: the interception by Cam Hayward, the fumble recovery, which was caused by uh, James Pierre, recovered by Chris Boswell. If they don't get both of those turnovers, I'm not sure they win. When you think about the fact that all those goals. Only one of them came to fruition, and they still win the game. You should be happy. So let's talk about this week, what they need to do. On offense, again, assuming Najee Harris is going to play, control the game and run the ball. Control the game. You control and dictate the pace. You control and dictate how often the other team gets on the field by running the ball, controlling the clock. That's number one. Number two, Win the critical areas. I'm changing this to not just third down, but the critical areas. If you have three areas that you're focusing on, third down, fourth down conversion, and red zone, the Steelers got two-thirds of those perfect last week in week nine against Chicago on Monday Night Football. I want them to win and keep winning in those critical areas because that's what's going to continue drives. That's going to help them control the clock and the game. That's huge. And then lastly, get the big play. The Steelers did have some big plays against the Bears. It was the James Washington 42-yard pass. It was the uh, timely Najee Harris run. Pat Fryermuth, two touchdowns. Uh, the Deontay Johnson catch and run on the final drive that got them into field goal range. Those are the big plays. It doesn't always have to be a 50-yard bomb for a touchdown. A big play, chunk plays, get those plays. So on offense, control the game, run the ball. Win those critical areas, and then get the big play. On defense, continue to get turnovers. It's been a while since they had a multiple turnover game. They got it last week. Let's see if they can do it again. Continue to get the turnovers. I'd love to see more interceptions. Haven't seen much of that yet this season. They only have three, to be uh, honest, and one of those is a defensive lineman. But I digress. Next, harass Jared Goff. They don't have to uh, – trust me, it's great to sack him. It seems like it's felt like it's been a while since they've gone against a quarterback that's kind of – well, he's not mobile. He's just kind of like a statue. That's Jared Goff. Get after him, sack him, hit him, harass him. He will fold. They, he did it with the Rams when he came to Heinz Field. He will fold. And lastly, get the big play. I want to see the Steelers get the big play on defense. And please – Someone other than T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward. Somebody step up. Come on now. All right. So I told you all on Wednesday that Blue Check Beck was going to be with us. He's not. He. I don't know what he flaked. 
So I, hey, pulling the old tap in the arm. Manager's going to the bullpen. I'm going to bring in Brian Anthony Davis. He's going to be back to talk about the Steelers, NFL game picks, and more. I still have heart to heart at the end of the segment. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. You know me, Jeff Hartman, and normally it's blue check back. We have to go with the old, we're tapping the right arm. The manager's coming out of the dugout, tapping the arm. He says, hey, we need we need some relief. That's right. Blue check back's doing blue check things, and so we have to go with an unverified member of the Behind the Steel Curtain staff, our podcast producer, Brian Anthony Davis. What's up, Brian? Just call me Ricky Vaughn. Wild thing. I'm coming in <laughs> out of the bullpen. That's and I'm mean in business. Ricky Vaughn doesn't care about some stupid blue check. Have that, have it at that, <laughs> Michael Beck, whatever he's doing. Probably some Canadian day or something. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Brian, welcome. Thanks for joining us again. You've been the fill-in, and we appreciate it. You do a great job. Let's talk about the Steelers. Let's talk about the Lions. When you think Steelers, Lions, what are some of your thoughts? You know, this is interesting. I had an opportunity to be on a show, The Pride of Detroit, yesterday, talking about the Steelers and Lions. And I was just listening to what these guys had to say. And they feel with the offensive line of the Steelers and how they have some tough defensive line players that they might be able to stop the running game. But the more that I talked, and even though I was not being, I was being a little bit pessimistic just uh, to make them feel good. But the more I talked, I convinced myself that the Steelers could run on this team very well because there's not a lot of run stuffers. And I said, if you guys have guys that can stuff the run, you're going to be in really good shape. And if you have guys that could shift on the fly and, you know, adapt, especially with jet sweeps coming your way, then you're definitely going to be fine. And they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Najee Harris being added to the injury report today with a foot injury is not good news for the Steelers running attack, but let's take it a step further, Brian. When you think about historically, like if I say, all right, Brian, this is not leading up to a game. This is in the offseason. Say, when you think, when you think Steelers, Lions, Brian, what do you think? I think automatically a win. They've done very well against the Lions, especially in the last 20 years. I think about the curse of Bobby Lane from 1959 when he was traded Bobby Lane, the great hall of fame quarterback, number 22. Hey, we're talking about Najee talking about 22s when he was traded to Pittsburgh. He said, you guys aren't going to win for another 50 years. Boy, he was wrong because it's been like 70 now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're 60 and you know, yeah, they're not winning, but, and I also think about that Thanksgiving day game. I just know that I don't want to play them on Thanksgiving anymore because there was a 45 to three game back in 1983. And of course, 1998, the the one that you and I will always remember. I feel even though we weren't, I feel like we were sitting on the couch together, getting ready for Thanksgiving dinner, crying over Jerome Bettis and that, uh, that coin flip. But those, that's what I think of. But most of all, I think of a team that the Steelers have handled. And I think of, 
when I think of the Lions, I think of January 1st, 2006, the game that the Steelers needed to win to get into the playoffs definitively. It was Jerome Bettis's last game, and it was the first anniversary, excuse me, it was the, the one-month anniversary of my dating my future wife. And when Jerome Bettis scored that final touchdown, three touchdowns, I think he had like three yards, but he had three touchdowns in that game. And the fans were chanting one more year and I'm chanting one more year. And I look over to this woman that I've been dating a month and she's crying and she was not a football fan. She was the keeper. So I always think about the lions (laughs) when I think about my wife. There you go. I always think about the game. Megatron and Antonio Brown, I believe, were just going back and forth in a game at Heinz Field. The Steelers were their bumblebees for that game. Yeah, and, and that's it, the game. I'm sorry. You no, know, go ahead. Go ahead. That's the game that the first time Dave Schofield took his dad to a game. Ah, very good. So, and that's and that was Matthew Stafford. I mean, it was a it was a high scoring affair, and it was a really entertaining football game. The Steelers obviously did come away with a win. So, the Steelers and Lions. There's a lot of questions for the Steelers heading into this game. And this is something I've asked a lot of fans, whether I know them personally, whether it's been on the air, and that is, what's it going to take for Zach Banner to get inserted into the lineup? And I think everyone, I think I even asked this to you all in the preview last week, we all agreed that it's either going to take a very poor performance or an injury. Now, injury didn't happen, but some might say that the Week 9 performance by Dan Moore and some of the other members of the offensive line might have been bad enough that the Steelers make that move this week in Week 10. Brian, I'm going to ask you, is this the week that it happens, or is it not time? I think it's one more week. Now, you could argue that Dan Moore Jr.'s performance against Miles Garrett was not top shelf, but it's Miles Garrett, so you don't expect to be top shelf. So when I'm looking at that performance, I'm thinking, okay, it's not that bad. You handled you, you handled yourself well against Miles Garrett, and the team helped you. But if it's if there's a bad game against the Detroit Lions. At home, I really think that's that's the uh, straw that will break Dan Moore's back at this point for his rookie season, not for his career. That's a good point, that if he does have a poor game against the winless Lions, even though they're coming off their bye week, uh, that would be pretty damning. So that's a really good point. Uh, my next question for you is, so I think we can all assume Chase Claypool, he's not been ruled out this week yet, but the toe injury, all reports are, it's not a season-ending injury, but it is a significant injury. He's going to be deemed week to week. Assuming Chase Claypool doesn't play, what wide receiver steps up the most not named Deontay Johnson? And I'll let's just change it to pass catchers. So what pass catcher steps up the most not named Deontay Johnson? I could honestly say two here. I First of all, I would think that you might finally see the debut of Anthony Miller being brought up onto the roster. I'm not saying that he's going to be the one stepping up, but I think that he is going to be um, on that team and he's finally going to be getting a hat then the other guy that I'm going to bring up is James Washington of course because James Washington of course because it's one of those situations where he's going to start seeing more and more the more and more action excuse me and then the third thing is I think if he's healthy and if he's playing you're going to see some Eric Abron in this game Ebron would be, in my opinion, one of those guys you could put in the slot if you're looking to keep James Washington and Deontay Johnson out wide. You want to put someone in the slot with size. Ebron's that guy. 
And then you still have Fryermuth, who's going to see more red. He's going to see more targets, and he should. He should even if Chase Claypool was healthy. Let's follow up on Claypool here. A lot of fans are down. I'm not saying I am. A lot of fans are down on Claypool. They had high expectations for this young man coming into his sophomore season after he exploded onto the scene as a rookie, scored all those touchdowns. Brian, what's your take on Claypool? Has he been as advertised, or is he a little underwhelming? I'm actually going to say that he's as advertised, and that probably puts me uh, in the uh, minority here. But I don't have a problem with what he's been doing because we talked about this a lot this season. This is a wide receiver by committee situation in Pittsburgh because you have a lot of 1Bs or wide receiver 2s. And you don't have to – These gone are the days when Antonio Brown – is going to get 20 targets and uh, the rest of the stable is going to be lucky to get five. You know, I mean, I'm exaggerating there, Jeff, and I, I get it, but <laughs> there, it's not, it's not where you're going to uh, have to, you don't have a superstar there, but if you're going to, and we saw this with Juju before he went out with the injury, you're getting some good games with Juju before he went out. You're get you are getting some good production out of Chase Claypool in situations. And when it's time for him to come up big, he's coming up big. I don't think that there's been a situation where we feel that Chase Claypool has dropped the ball to lose the game. And I don't think he's the scapegoat for losing a game. I think we just look at his numbers and we're thinking, all right, Chase Claypool, he's he's not lighting up on the scoreboard. But you look around and you see eight to 10 guys with targets, heck, Raider got targets, got a target last week, and so did uh, DJ Watt. I, I'm sorry, he doesn't want to be called DJ because of Full House. Derek Watt. <laughs> is that so, it? Um, is that really it? That that's true. That is, I read <laughs> that. That's uh, he did not want to be DJ Tanner. Wow, well, Deej, so, Deej. Yeah. That was... <laughs> so that's why he goes by Derek. But um, and I don't know. I don't know if it's Derek Jordan. I'm pretty sure it's not. But so well, well, well with, with you, Jeff, it's Derek Jordan lot now because you're just going <laughs> to okay. call him that. I'm going to make up whatever name I want. I mean, Frank <laughs> Webb, uh, Najee Jerome Harris, um, which, by the way, that's your fault. You're the middle name guy. You said his middle name was Jerome. You looked at Wikipedia. It wasn't Jerome. We don't know if he even has a middle name. And so since then, I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep calling him Jerome. There you there's have. there's rumors that it's like Mazi, but I've uh, I, I am upset with you that you have not adopted the one that and that we really should, especially after passing Bill Cower last week, Michael Petaway Tomlin. Petaway. That's my favorite Petaway. MPT. <laughs> you down with MPT? <laughs> sounds like an STD. Anyway, <laughs> let, let's get back to Chase Claypool, though. <laughs> That's why I love I love working with you, Jeff. You're the first podcast I've ever done. And 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 now I mean it's so much fun when we get together. I love working with Dave too, but this is enjoyable to me. Um, it's therapy. Or if you're from Pittsburgh, it's therapy. Um so DJ. What- <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm gonna say about Chase Claypool is you know, I'm taking a 39-yard game from Chase Claypool and three catches if there are important catches and I'm taking those runs, he's running more for a first down. So he is being each and every game. It seems like he has a big gain on a jet sweep or a running play. And so I think he's very vital. 
and I'm taking what you're getting from him, you know, you're going to have a hundred yard game out of him this season. He does not have to be a thousand yard receiver. He just has to be a good piece of the puzzle. And I think that's what we're getting out of chase. And, and when you see a toe injury from this guy, you're like, Oh no, this is a guy you don't want to lose. You're right. All right. Last question before we get to NFL game picks. We're about half. We're almost to the halfway point of the season. Dave will tell you it's at halftime on week 10, whatever, or it's already <laughs> passed. I don't know. It's close enough. That's not my gig. Anyways, we're about halfway done. Has your opinion on whether Ben Roethlisberger will want to come back next season changed from the beginning of the season to now? In other words, I'm not sure where you stood at the beginning of the season. Has it stayed the same? Has it changed now that we're halfway in? It has stayed exactly the same. And I am in a different boat than a lot of people because I've made this joke before. I'm going to make it again. If you've heard it seven times, you're going to hear it an eighth. And you're still going to probably chuckle because Ben Roethlisberger is going to have to be pulled kicking and screaming from the Pittsburgh Steelers headquarters. That's absolutely what's going to happen he is not going to go out on his own he loves this he wants to do this this is this is him he is not he is not going to go out on his own terms because the steel he's going to stay forever if he can (laughs) he's the guy and this is the joke that i say all the time this is the college roommate that shows up at your house and say hey i need to play a place to stay for a couple of days. And he just doesn't stay for two or three days. He stays for three weeks. He's wearing a robe, eating cereal out of a salad bowl. He's using up your Netflix account and he's leering at your wife. And then you're saying, Ben, you've got to go, buddy. I mean, you know, and that's exactly what Ben's going to do. He does not want to leave the Steelers. He doesn't want to leave football. And so you're going to have to push him out. So he's having a pretty decent year for a guy that's 39 years old. And you saw that in a game winning drive and a two minute drive the other day, two minute drive to end the game. Did you have much doubt Jeff? Cause I didn't No, I mean, if you listen to my let's ride, that was one thing I talked about on um, Wednesday was that I was pretty confident and I hadn't felt that way in a long time. I used yeah, I used to be, uh, supremely confident when Ben Roethlisberger got the ball with like less than four minutes needing a drive. And I haven't felt that way in a long time because you know he had not been pulling through and it's not just him. It's a whole offense, but still, okay. I agree with you. I think Ben's going to want to come back. And the question is whether the Steelers want him to come back. We're not going to talk about that today. Let's get to our NFL game picks. Brian, in case you need a quick reminder, we just take a quick, quick hitter look at each game. We take our picks against the spread. Last week, though, over-under, we don't do over-under on my podcast, but I do over-under on our staff picks. I was the number one person on tally site with over-under picks last week. God awful with my other picks, but I was good on over-under, so take that for what it's worth. All right, That's awesome. Yeah, I don't I even look anymore. I've, I've heard that I've I only know okay. because I got a tweet. They think they, they, if you finish in the top 10 overall, they send a tweet out and tag you in the tweets. That's the only reason. I, I've gotten two this year, but I, I don't think I'm as good as on the over under. I think I'm, I'm good against the spread. Well, let's do it then. One o'clock Sunday, Atlanta Falcons go to Dallas. Uh, Atlanta's getting eight and a half. Brian, what do you think? You, you take Atlanta in this situation. They're scoring points and they're actually the seventh seed right now. I know you don't like this phrase. If the season ended today, they're 
seed number seven, <laughs> but it doesn't. I'm going to take the Falcons too, getting eight and a half. The Jacksonville Jaguars go to Indianapolis AFC South matchup. Jacksonville's getting 10 and a half coming off that win against Buffalo. Brian, who do you like? You know, it's, it's hard for me to give away 10 and a half points, but I really like what the Colts are doing right now. And the Jags only scored nine the other day by beating the Buffalo bills. So I'm going to say that they're not going to score as much. And Trevor Lawrence is banged up quite a bit. So you got to go with the Colts here. I'm going with the Jaguars getting 10 and a half points. I took them last week. I'm going to take them again. We'll ride that wave. Double digit uh, favorites. I, I like or underdogs. I'll take the points. Cleveland Browns, New England Patriots, New England's giving two and a half points at home. What do you think about this one? I I'm taking the Cleveland Browns straight up in this game and it hurts my chest to do that because Baker Mayfield, can you finish that sentence for sucks. me? He sucks. Thank you. Um, so no, but I, I still think that uh, they're not going to go away quietly. So I'm going to say the Browns. I'm taking the Patriots giving two nav. I think new England's getting hot. I think their quarterback settling in. That's good news for those in the new England uh, for those ever elsewhere. Not so good news. I'm going to take the, the uh, Patriots, even though they're giving two and a half points, the Buffalo bills, New York jets, another AFC East matchup. Buffalo is giving 10 and a half to the New York jets. Brian, who do you like here? I think Mike white's going to be back. So let's go ahead and, and be the jets and take the points. I'm going to take the Bills. They got embarrassed last week. They're going to come in looking to just run it up. I'll take the Bills in a big way. Now, the uh, let's go down. I'm going to say the Detroit game. We're going to do that last. New Orleans Saints, Tennessee Titans. Interesting matchup here. This is in Tennessee. Tennessee's giving two and a half. Brian, who do you like here? The Titans are on a roll right now. And New Orleans, they, they have Trevor Simeon at quarterback. So uh, I'm going to say... Definitely go with the Titans. I don't see this train slowing down because it didn't slow down against one of the best teams in the league last week, the Los Angeles Rams. So take the Titans. I think Taysom Hill is is back with the Saints, and maybe that that's a wrinkle they can throw in there. But I agree, Tennessee's just too good. If this were in New Orleans, it might be a different story. It's not. It's in Tennessee. I'll take the Titans, giving two and a half. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're still at one o'clock on Sunday. The Tampa Bay Bucks and the Washington Football Team in Washington. Tampa Bay is giving nine and a half. Brian. We think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win, but do they cover? Yeah, you know what? I think they do cover. I think they're uh, looking to run it up again. And they didn't they lose a game recently that they should? I think it was two weeks ago. They lost that game to the Saints. And I, I really don't see them doing the same thing in against the, the football team. And you and I know a lot about the football team because we're smack dab in that area. So I'll I'll probably say... Yeah, I don't believe in what's going on there right now. I, I wanted to, but no. I will take the Tampa Bay Bucks, giving nine and a half as well. The Carolina Panthers, who just recently signed Cam Newton, as long as he passes a physical, he won't be playing this Sunday, but they are going to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Arizona is giving 10 and a half points. Carolina, like I said, they're going to be without Sam Darnold. Arizona, not sure if Kyler Murray is even going to be available yet, though. Colt McCoy was last week. Brian, this is a weird game with no quarterbacks at this stage. What do you think? If Kyler's there, I'm going to double it and say give away 20. But it's really hard for me to do that with Colt McCoy because that magic that he had last week against the Niners, it's a really weird team, a really big disappointment if you ask me. So let's go ahead and and even though Carolina's weird right now, I'm, I'm not sure who the quarterback is, but they could probably hang in with 10 and a half. 
I am going to take the Carolina Panthers getting 10 and a half based on the fact I don't know if Murray's going to play. So if he if he does play, that'll change everything. But as of right now, I'll take the Panthers getting 10 and a half. The Los Angeles Chargers host the Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota coming off that uh, overtime loss to the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore last week. We all were ticked off about that. Nonetheless, the, the Chargers are giving three and a half. Brian, does Minnesota bounce back? Uh, no, because it's the Chargers and it is, this is not in Minnesota, correct? This is in, this is in Los LA. Angeles. Yes. Yeah. Let's go ahead with the Chargers. I think they've had an up and down couple of weeks. I think they've, oh, they've lost three or four, but the game that they won last week is enough to, uh, to push them back over. And an- another thing is the rooting guide. So I know this is the rooting guide. Rooting guide says you actually will root for the Chargers this week. You don't want them to be losing that many going into uh, play the Steelers next week. So I'm going to say they're going to win. I'll channel my inner Arnold Schwarzenegger. Go Chargers, go. I'm going to take <laughs> the, the Chargers giving three and a half points. I'll just never forget that. That's horrible. Okay. I was there. Now, uh, yeah, I remember you saying that. Sunday, 425, Philadelphia Eagles at Denver. The Denver Broncos are giving two and a half. Philly's coming off a big win. What do you think, Brian? I think Denver is, uh, I, I think they're a weird team, but you know, two and a half, they're at home. Uh, let's go ahead with them. I, I don't think Philadelphia travels across the country that well. I agree. Take the Broncos. They're coming off that big win against Dallas. I think they're trying to, Prove something without Von Miller. So we'll see how that goes. I'll take the uh, Broncos Sunday at 425. The Green Bay Packers host the Seattle Seahawks. Aaron Rodgers is expected to play barring. He tests positive again. Uh, Green Bay is giving three and a half. Brian, who do you like? Defiant Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's going to have a lot to prove with everything going on here. And, uh, you know, all the, the controversy and everything that everybody's going to say about him. So I'm not betting against Aaron Rodgers this week whatsoever. I agree. Even though they think Russell Wilson might be back, I like Green Bay Packers giving three and a half at home. Sunday night football, the Kansas City Chiefs and Las Vegas Raiders. This is a big one for a lot of reasons in the AFC race. Las Vegas at home is giving the Chiefs two and a half points. Brian, what do you think about this? You take the Chiefs. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, they're getting. I'm sorry, Las Vegas Raiders are getting two and a half. I apologize. Go ahead. Oh, I thought they were given two and a half too. No, they're plus um, two five, plus two. And oh half. wow. Then then definitely, I'm still gonna go ahead and give those points away and take the Chiefs. It doesn't matter that it's at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas on the Strip. All I I I think right now that this Chiefs team they are ready to make a move and the implosion is going to happen now with the Las Vegas Raiders. It, it's going to happen. I don't think the Chiefs are that good. I think that this season they are overblown. I don't think they're that good. I'm going to take the Raiders here, believe it or not, to sweep the Chiefs in the season series, and they're getting points at home. I like home underdogs. Lastly, Monday Night Football, the LA Rams go to San Francisco. This is an, a, an F, NFC West matchup. The Rams are giving three and a half on the road does San Francisco somehow win this game, Brian? Not on your life. I would give away 13 points in this game. Um, not only do you have the best fantasy football player right now and one of the best receivers in the league, Cooper Cup, uh, they lost last week and they started roaring back, but not in enough time. Um, and now they're adding uh, Odell Beckham Jr. So with yeah, reportedly, yeah. But so with that being said, yeah, I'm going to, I don't think uh, he's going to play, 
but I'm, I'm still going to go ahead and take the Rams in this game. I'm going to take the Rams as well, but the game that everyone cares about the most, the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Detroit Lions. The Lions are coming off their bye. They haven't won a game. Pittsburgh, this is the line that I have in front of me, is giving seven and a half points. The line as of the DK, uh, DK, oh, sorry, the uh, DraftKings Nation Sportsbook, that actually has gone from, I think, nine down to seven. It's seven and a half here. Brian, what do you think about this game? What's your score prediction? This can change just because of the injury report really killed me today. I mean, I saw the injury report. I was like, wow, there's a lot of names on there, but it could be precautionary. But right now, if I'm in Vegas right now, I'm probably going to go ahead and put the uh, money on Detroit with all those points. I did that last week with Chicago. Um, but then I changed my mind. I'm like, the Steelers are going to win 30 to nine. And so if I would have bet, I would have been correct because of my, my uh, bet was locked in. But so I went on tally site today already. I took the Steelers to seven and a half points. I actually took them because I went with my heart and I don't have any real money, just credibility on the, on the line. And I lost that a long time ago, Jeff. So, uh, you know, it, if you have Najee Harris in this game, uh, I don't expect Chase Claypool whatsoever to play. But if you have Najee in this game, that's going to make all the difference in the world. I think that uh, the sky is falling and falling and all the chicken littles. I think they're being a little premature here. I think they'll be okay in this game. I think it's going to be one where they run away with it at the end. They, uh, they just pull away, excuse me, not run away, but pull away at the end and they'll be fine. So for this exercise, I'm going to continue to say, take the Steelers, give away the seven and a half. I'll give you my score prediction. Like I do every week, folks, I like the Steelers 24 to 13 over the lions Again, assuming Najee Harris plays, that would cover the spread. That would also be the under of 42 and a half. Uh, so there you have it, folks. Brian, I know you got to get out of here. Thanks for spending some time with us. If you want to check him out on Twitter, it's at BTSC Bad. BTSC Bad. Don't, don't hashtag it. Don't listen to Brian. I'm going to tell you how to find him. There you go. <laughs> All right, Brian. Thanks for joining me. Have a good one. This was an honor. Thanks, Jeff. No problem. Take it easy. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, thank you to Brian Anthony Davis for joining us. He does a great job. I always enjoy talking with him. We all have a blast. Whenever we see each other in person, it's just we just literally joke around and laugh the whole time. It's always good fun. Let's finish up with a hard heart. Brian mentioned this game. When I think of Steelers and Lions, I always think of Thanksgiving. I think of that 1998 Thanksgiving Day game where uh, Jerome Bettis and Carnell Lake are out there for the coin flip, and we know what happened. But that's not the story here. The story is... What happened after? That was an early game, if you remember. So my mom, God bless her, she is up in the up in the kitchen just grinding away. I'm a freshman in high school. My brother is a senior. We're all there. Family's over. We're all watching the game. I'll never forget the Lions get the ball, drive down, kick a field goal, game over, Steelers lose. And we walk up the steps, and my mom, I can still remember where she was standing, what she was doing. She looks and says, so they win? And all the guys that are coming up say, what do you think? And that was the quietest Thanksgiving Day dinner that I can ever remember. Now, <laughs> some might say it's a little ridiculous to let a football game that you had no out- control in the outcome ruin a holiday. But I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone. So let this be a reminder that hopefully the Steelers don't just beat the, the Lions, but also that 
let's just uh, keep things in perspective, shall we? I always like to share that story. All right, folks, that does it for me. I hope you have a great weekend. I'm going to be on the post-game show on Sunday after the game, so make sure you check that out. Also, I'll be back on Monday with winners and losers and more. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers, Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. In the meantime, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day. Go Steelers.